I'm not a loser, but sometimes I do loser things. In the event that this fails, they'll never be able to come to me and say, hey, remember that podcast you did that didn't go so well? No, that was our podcast. We did that. Yes, welcome to the In My Own Words podcast episode eight. We are here. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm your podcast host, Tony R. Sanders. Happy New Year. Give yourselves a round of applause listening yet another week eight episodes in i'm really excited about this podcast i'm lucky to get a chance to do this every single week and this week especially because i feel like we have a topic that's going to be really fun and i definitely want to hear back from you guys so let's just jump right in i'm not even gonna i'm gonna do a wow award i'm gonna do my deep dive i'm gonna do that all in one because it's all tied together now you saw the title you looked at the artwork when you clicked on it we got to talk about this Bird Box movie, man. Now, first of all, let me give propers where propers are due. I love, absolutely love the idea of these big stars doing direct-to-Netflix movies. So let me give a shout-out to Sandra Bullock. Give her a round of applause. Let's give another uh, round of applause to Lil Rel. Definitely up to him. And I saw a stat today. Just before I went live recording this, I saw a stat that said over 45 million users viewed this movie, Bird Box, from Netflix, which has set an all-time record for the most viewed film on Netflix. So let's give them a round of applause for that. Really dope. Now, let me do this, Sue. Wow. Let me also... (laughs) Now that we got the propers out the way, now that I've paid my respects, let me hand out this wow. This wow. For all of you that are online touting this movie and you have no idea what it means, let me take you through my mindset. I'm going to tell you where we're going to end. We're going to end with this movie, to me, was a a gigantic waste of time. It was entertaining. It was cool to look at. It was interesting. but Nothing actually happened. But let me back up. That's where we're heading. Let me back up. Let me take you all the way back to the beginning. By the way, I just left watching a movie with my family. We watched uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And that phrase, let's start over. Let's take this back to the beginning. Just riddled all through the movie. You should definitely watch that movie. In fact, if you were going to watch Bird Box, turn on Bird Box, right? Because you want them to continue to get the metrics. They're doing great, whatever. Turn on Bird Box. Leave your house, drive to the theater, watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and then come back and Bird Box will still be on. And you won't miss anything because nothing happened the entire movie. Okay, let's break this down. Now, you have to know that historically, I'm, a, I'm the type of guy, and I don't know if there's a word for this or uh, a name or group. If you guys, once I explain it, if you think that there's a name or a group or a certain label for these types of people, let me know, because I would love to find my people online so we can commune together. You know what I'm saying? But I'm the type of guy that once a, a movie or a TV show hits a certain level of popularity, I no longer want to watch it. I want to uh, organically find shows, and if it happens to become something that is super-duper popular, then I'm okay with that. But if I hear from it strictly off of 
the buzz that it created in the community, whether that community be on social media or word of mouth, you the family, whatever. If there's something everybody's talking about, I don't want to watch it anymore. I don't know why. I don't know how this happened. I don't even know when this started. I don't know if this is something that happened when I was a kid and it's just continued on into adulthood. I can give you a couple of examples. I have never, nor do I plan to ever, seen a Star Wars movie. I just haven't. I have not seen one single Star Wars movie. Now, people talk about it so much that I could tell you about it. I can tell you what happens. <laughs> I can tell you the, the talking points, the things that you should walk away with after watching it. But me personally, I've never seen it. And I don't need to. I believe you guys. It's good. <laughs> if that many people say that it's good, I believe that it's good. Another movie. This is something in uh, the black community that they would definitely give me wow. a wow for. I've never seen The Color Purple. I don't need to see The Color Purple. You guys quote all the lines every time. You use all the memes. I don't need to see it. The same for Roots. Wow. I've never seen Roots. I'm just giving up my black card today. That's what this episode's about. Uh, I've never seen Roots. Uh, Get Out is another movie. Get Out, I understand the concept. I've seen all the memes. I've seen clips. I've seen the trailer. I've seen that. I've never watched a movie because by the time it got to me, it was so big and so popular that it just made me want to not watch it anymore once I heard about it. Bird Box was different for me. Bird Box is different, and I'll tell you how, and it's all thanks to Lil Rel Howry. When it came to Bird Box, a couple of weeks ago, I decided that I was going to watch this movie, and it wasn't because I saw a trailer. It wasn't because I knew it was on Netflix, because I didn't even know that initially. Uh, actually, in the promo that I'm going to play for you, uh, they did mention Netflix, I believe. Um, but I committed to watching it after hearing this promo on Hot 97 from Lil Rel. Hey, by the way, Rel has to go. He has more promo to go do. What do you got to do, man? I got to promote this movie, man, so y'all can Bird watch Box it on Friday. Friday on Netflix, man. Yeah. Bird Box. Bird Box. A scary really thriller. That was it. <laughs> that was it. I got to promote this movie, man, Bird Box. Coming out on Friday, Netflix, Bird Box. That was it. That was all he said. And he didn't seem excited about it. To put it in context, this interview was only 19 minutes long. And for 18 and a half minutes, they talked about Kanye West and Drake and their beef going back and forth, which is something that at that time everyone was doing, right? So I wasn't mad. I would love to hear Rel's perspective on that. He shared those things. It was cool to see him do that, especially being that Rel is from Chicago and Kanye's from Chicago. And, you know, they're, they're talking about the Chicago-Toronto beef and all these things. So that was very, very interesting. But at the end... He said it like, oh, I got to tell you about this stupid movie, Bird Box. It sounds like he went off and did a bad movie, but he still has to promote it. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I've seen it with Jamie Foxx. I've seen it with Will Smith. It's like, oh man, this movie is bad, but the budget is spent and I got to promo it. So I got to, I got to sell y'all on this movie, but uh, I can't tell you to not go see it. <laughs> so that, then I was fully vested. I'm like, okay, I have to see this movie just to see his role in it, and just to see how bad it may or may not be because he didn't seem very excited about it. And so that's all I needed to see. I didn't know who else was in it. I didn't know if it was a movie that he was producing or starring in. I didn't have any other details other than the clip that I just played you, and that made me super happy.
And that's kind of a lot of the reasons why I watch movies, right? It's kind of like me rooting for the Pacers. When I root for the Pacers and I have the opportunity to go to a Pacers game, I don't really care who the Pacers are playing. I'm here to see the Pacers. They could be playing the Lakers. They could be, well, the Lakers is a different story because I'm a Lakers fan too. Long story, we'll explain later. They could be playing the Cavs. They could be playing the Toronto Raptors, who's really good. They could be playing the Phoenix Suns and the Wizards like they did the other night. And I don't care. I'm going to watch the game because I love the Pacers. That's kind of how I am with acting. Once Rail said he's in it, I know Rail from his stand-up. I know him from the Carmichael show. Again, I haven't seen Get Out, so I'm basing it off of those two things. I also watch his show every Sunday on Fox. Rail, this is not a promo. This is a real thing. I really watch the show. And so I was invested in watching the movie because Rail was in the movie. Now, time passed. I forgot that it was Friday. More important things were happening in my life. Like, I don't know, Christmas Eve was coming up. <laughs> I think Friday was like the last day for me scattering around trying to do some last minute shopping. And when I say scattering around, I mean, I really mean clicking around because 99.9% of my shopping was done on Amazon. And so I, I lost track of it. And then it started to happen. All the memes and the videos of Bird Box and about Bird Box and people in blindfolds started to populate online and just took over my newsfeed. It didn't matter where I was, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Bird Box, and the memes were there. And so I started to get sick, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening again, and I'm going to not watch this movie. It's going to be yet another movie that I can't stand to watch because it's just gotten too big. It's completely blown up, right? And then Rail was doing his job trying to promo it online. He posted a picture and said in the caption on Instagram something to the effect of, have you seen Bird Box yet? If you have, let me know what you think. Now, I don't know why, but I decided to read the comments, which was dumb. That was definitely me choosing to do something whack over my wisdom. So wow. here you go. That's a wow. I started reading the comments, and there was the girl that said, Rail, the movie was dope, but I'm sad that you died first. The black guy always dies first. And that comment alone, I probably wouldn't have paid much attention to it. Like, oh, you know, whatever. I still want to see the movie. He responds by saying, actually, I didn't die first. I died fourth. And I'm like, oh, great, Rail. Thanks for confirming this. I could have chalked this up to just being, you know, the crazy person on Instagram. Because no one else is saying that. Everyone else is saying this movie has me scared. I can't sleep, yada, yada, yada. You know, he didn't respond to any of those. He responded to the one that said, you died first. And he's like, no, I died fourth. Um, but he actually had a very significant role in the movie. And I'm going to, no, I'm not. I'm not even about to lie. I was about to say, I'm going to try to talk through this without spoiling it. But listen, if you haven't seen it by now, you're like me. You're not going to see it. It's too big for you. You're not going to see it. You're off work. You've had time. The weekend has passed. It's Sunday morning. You're not going to watch it. If you are going to watch it today, pause this, go watch it, come back so we can have this discussion. He played a very significant role in the movie because of two reasons. Reason number one, he had his theory as to what's going on. So the movie is set up in this uh, post-apocalyptic time where mass suicide has taken over the earth. Right, it's happening in different countries, and now it comes to the U.S. and it's happening and unfolding right before the main character's eyes. 
the main character is Sandra Bullock, but there are other uh, supporting characters that are there throughout the movie that really round out the cast, and Little Rel is one of the supporting characters. So this uh, in this post-apocalyptic world, I couldn't believe I said that right the first time. So I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I attempted it the second time. But anyway, in this post-apocalyptic world uh, where suicide is running rampant, um, everyone is trying to figure out what's going on. They don't know what the cause of the suicide is. All they know is that everyone that commits suicide they look up and they see something so horrible that they decide they can't live any longer, which is an interesting concept within itself, right? So let's take that. Let's put that to the side. We're going to come back to that entire idea. Rail has a theory along with other people, but he has a theory that the evil people are seeing evil spirits and the evil spirits aren't just evil itself. It's reminding them of their deepest, darkest fears and their biggest regrets in life. And that is the spirit of what people are seeing. And it is so horrid and so horrible that they decide that they want to commit suicide. It forces them to commit suicide. Now, that's his theory, and he's correct. The problem is he works at the grocery store, and he comes off a little crazy in the beginning, and, you know, maybe he's not all there, or maybe he's just, you know, have something that, he, he doesn't have the credibility to back up this theory, right? He didn't go to college, he learned all this information online, on Google, and someone's like, you know, they just brush it off, but he's right. So that's one reason why he plays a significant role in this movie. Number two is he makes a huge sacrifice for the sake of the group, right? So the group on a food and supply run, they run into an issue he makes a big sacrifice. I won't tell you what that sacrifice is, just in case you don't follow instructions and you're still listening to this. He made a big sacrifice that made it possible for everyone else to continue to live and eventually end the movie the way that the movie ended, right? And so that that's kind of Rail's role and character within this film. So I came for Rail. I stayed because the story was very, very interesting. Um, I didn't know Sandra Bullock was in the movie. Uh, after I watched the movie, I went to just see if she said anything about it because my only interest was Rel, and Rel, you know, died fourth, as he told you, uh, relatively early in the movie. And so I went to look to see if Sandra did promo, and I got that feeling again that I wanted to just, like, throw up in my mouth and not watch the movie when Sandra was trying to be cool. Listen to this clip. See, I, I have a feeling yeah. you're a horrible gummy, per, gummy bear person to the oh, hard gummy bears. I know that Haribo macht Kinderfroh und erwachsene ebenso. Do you know what that is? That's the Haribo commercial in Germany. That has nothing to do with the movie. I don't know how that came up in the interview. Yes, I do. He was talking about uh, if you go on a supply run, if this were you in real life, what would you go for? And somehow gummy bears came up. But, like, don't try to be cool and you're speaking in German. Like, I just... Ugh. I don't like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't explain it. I wish it wasn't that way, but like I don't, I just, I just don't like it. So anyway, I'm watching this movie. I'm trying to understand what's going on. The time of the the movie kind of jumps back and forth. You know, there's a there's a constant. The the movie revolves around this uh, trip that they're taking down the river to try to seek safety. But in that, they have to kind of explain a little bit of the backstory and how she got here. So it's Sandra. She's on a little boat, like a canoe. She's in there with two children. And 
they have to kind of explain to you why they need to make it down the river, why they have the blindfolds on, why she has these two children, why down the river is the way to go, why is she being so harsh with the children. All of these things have to be figured out as the movie goes on, which I think is an amazing way to tell the story. So I got really excited because I'm one of those people that geek out about great storytelling. I, I literally read books and study the art of telling story. Um, a part of what I do is uh, doing stand-up comedy, right? And stand-up comedy is a lot about how you present information. Even in the professional world, my background is in sales. And in a lot of sales is how you present information. And so storytelling is one of the most incredible things that I love to just witness and be a part of. So I'm already amped up. I'm on a thousand thinking, oh my God, I love how they're telling the story. This is going to be a storytelling masterpiece. And I thought that for 99% of the movie. And then it happened. What's the it? The movie ended. (laughs) And when the movie ended, I was frustrated. And here's why. So as I told you before, Rails Theory was right. Essentially, your deepest, darkest fears and regrets were revealed to you in a way that made it so horrible that you wanted to commit suicide. The only way they found to avoid this was to stay blindfolded and not look. So by not looking, you could survive the evil spirits. You can continue to stay alive. You can continue to uh, try to care for yourself and those around you in your group. So that was one conflict. Classic story stuff. Everything is going fine, and then conflict arises. Another conflict that came up, so now we have two conflicts, is there were people from uh, a mental institution that was in that area. They were all mentally ill. And for whatever reason, the evil spirits didn't bother them. They could look. They wouldn't become suicidal. They wouldn't kill themselves. They could look and live. But they were all on a mission to make other people look. Because they were saying how beautiful it is. Look at it. It's very beautiful. You have to look. You have to look. And they would force, literally physically force, your eyes open to look at your deepest fears and your deepest regrets. And they did this a couple of times in the movie. And every time they did it, that person would die, commit suicide in some horrific manner. And so that was interesting. Okay, why are the mentally ill not able to, are able to look at it and live, but those of us that are sane can look at it and it immediately basically drives us crazy to the point of suicide. So that was an interesting thing. So we have these two conflicts going. And so uh, through a series of events, people die. Uh, You end up exactly where the movie started with Sandra, the two kids, a girl and a boy, and they are floating down the river trying to follow this voice that they heard on the radio, trying to make it to a safer place. And so in my mind, I'm already 10 minutes ahead of the story. I see that the story is coming to the end. It's about 20 minutes left in the film. And I'm thinking if that's me and I'm writing the story or I'm a part of the story, there has to be a way to address these fears. This is the conclusion that I'm drawing about the movie as to how it's going to end. Not in detail. I don't know where they're going to be, the scene. But when you are dealing with uh, fear and anxiety and worry and regret, all mental health issues, the best way to deal with them is to confront them and face them. Because 
a lot of the things that we worry about and that we have fear and anxiety about uh, either haven't happened, aren't going to happen, or are outside of our control if they do happen, right? So the best thing that we can do is to learn positive ways and tools to address those fears to make sure that they can no longer haunt us and kill us, right? And maybe that makes sense because the mentally ill, they are, uh, they live their anxiety and their worry and their fear out on their sleeve every day. And so that's why it doesn't bother them. It's life as they've always known it. They just want everybody else to see it that way. And so I'm starting to kind of put this theory together a little bit. And the theory kind of works, except for that's not how the movie ends. The movie ends with them fighting through this forest, right? So they make it up the river. They, jump, they hop out. They're following the sounds of the birds. Uh, the birds are significant in this story because uh, the birds can warn you of the evil spirits, right? When the birds are kind of in a frenzy and they're chirping and flapping their wings, that means the evil spirits are coming. It's time to take cover. It's time to hide. Hide your eyes. You don't look. If the birds are calm, everything around you is calm. So they're heading to a place that apparently is covered and has tons of birds around and they are surviving. And so they're trying to get there. Sandra and the two kids are trying to get there so they can continue to survive. They make it down the river to the spot, but they have to get on land and make it up a hill to get to the actual house. So as they're making it up the hill, the voices in their heads get stronger, right? Sandra starts to hear her boyfriend who's passed away talking to her. And the daughter starts to hear her mom's voice, whom she never really met, talking to her saying, you know, it's okay, you can take your blindfold off. And, you know, the son is hearing the sister's voice and the mom's voice. And it's really, really intense and really, really crazy. And I'm thinking, yes, this is going to be the point where they find out how to face these fears and so that this fear could no longer rule over them. And that's not what happens. Instead, they learn to ignore the voices, which is good, but the voices are still there. They make it to this, this uh, facility. The facility turns out to be a school for the blind. And there's the dramatic music and the slow motion and the full circle moment where the doctor that was seeing her when she was pregnant before all this happened is there. And she finally, uh, this whole time, she never named the kids because she wanted the kids to not really enjoy life because life as they knew it was over. And so she was afraid to give them names. She was afraid to let them play outside. It was a whole thing. but. My gripe is there was no real resolution to the two conflicts. Conflict number one, the evil spirits of your fears and your thoughts and your regrets are still out there attacking humanity as a whole. The whole world is going to hell. There's no resolution for that. Them being inside this place, although it was covered, there was an area where everyone was playing that was seemingly outside. The birds do tell you when things are coming, but the people there aren't affected by it because they're blind. And so they can't see anyway. So I don't see how that benefits Sandra and the two children because they're not blind. They can see. So that issue is not resolved. The second conflict that arose that was uh, not resolved was all the mental, mentally ill people that were literally driving around, going house to house, making other people see. That's still going on out there. And so nothing was resolved. And so everyone's touting this movie saying how great it is. 
And I'm so frustrated because this beautiful arc of storytelling is not finished. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they wouldn't finish the story. Now, I am one for art. I do believe that art should be up for interpretation. And if the point of this piece of content was for them to spark a conversation, which is the hope that I have with all the content that I create, then job well done. They did that. But I still think that it would have sparked a conversation if there was some type of ending. Because no one talked about the ending. No one talked about, oh, this means so much because of this decision, this decision, and that decision. And so I went to my trusty Facebook family. Now, with the Facebook family, you have to know that there are a lot of uh, diversity in people. There's diversity in opinions. And there are some people that really feel strongly about their positions. And so if you ever jump into one of my uh, Facebook topics, just be prepared for that type of uh, energy to be headed your way. But anyway, I posted, so what was the point of this Bird Box movie? Nothing happened. People died. That's it. The first comment was a meme, of course. <laughs> the second comment, uh, this is Chelsea on Facebook, says, I agree, uh, just an entertaining movie. The second one is uh, Angie. Angie says, nope, filled with messages. I said, okay, like what? Now, this is where it got interesting. And this is where I started to kind of sit back and just read everyone's comments and start to see their interpretation of things. And one thing that I've noticed before I give it to you is that whatever background you come from or whatever you care about, you tried to people tried to find that in this movie. So Andrew said the movie has several messages. She told her children when they were seemingly lost in the wilderness, listen to my voice. You know my voice. Don't listen to the other voices. That was I'm breaking off really quick here. That was um I'm guessing that was a parallel to to God, uh maybe even God guiding the children of Israel through the wilderness for for 40 years, right? Maybe that is what she was referencing there. Uh, she also started off telling them that the journey is going to be hard, so it's very important that they follow instructions in order not to die, and that was a spiritual death or physical death. Uh, I got chills with some of the references throughout the movies, yada, yada, yada. Uh, what was the other part? Oh, and she said this is the part that almost made her want to shout, a.k.a. Catch the Holy Ghost, a.k.a. she was about to she was about to tear up all her carpet in her front room. She said um, at the end, she changed their name at the end of the journey. Reminds you of uh, Abram or Abraham, as you probably know him, and Sarah and the countless others that God changed their names. Now, I could dispute all of those things, and I did on the Facebook post. I disputed a lot of those things, but my bigger point is even though there may have been some messaging along the way and you could debate whether or not that messaging was spiritual or whatever it was about, there still wasn't a resolution. And I know a thing or two about the Bible. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a minister. I'm not a preacher. I am just a guy who attempts to study the Bible for, um, for my own good and for the good of my family and those that are around me within my realm of reach, but the Bible has an ending. 
that has a resolution to all the pain and suffering that we endure on earth that there has a resolution so i don't know that was an interesting theory i thought but i still think that there's something left to be had here uh my cousin my cousin raven said it wasn't what people made it seem but the eyes scared me um my other cousin said y'all missing the big picture someone else said it's a faith walk walk by faith and not by sight and i thought that was an interesting perspective too i didn't agree with it but the whole walk by faith and not by sight, in my interpretation of that, is for when you can't see, which applies to the movie, but the the end goal of walking by faith and not by sight is for you to actually see in the end, right? Like, if you're a Christian, you believe in heaven, but you have to have that belief in faith without actually seeing heaven, but knowing that you're going to see it one day. You're going to see the works of your faith. That didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> there wasn't an ending of faith. There wasn't, oh, okay, now you can see the works. You know, this is what it was all for. This is why you should never look at your fears and your regrets. I, I just couldn't agree with that messaging. Um, I also got from Callan, I thought this was super interesting. The movie is a metaphor for mental health and how we are blind to it, but it can kill us at the same time. Note that the only people who could see it and not kill themselves were the mentally ill. I thought that was a very dope analogy and way of looking at the movie. Matter of fact, let me give Callan a round of applause. I thought that was really good. That was kind of along the same lines of what I was thinking. The only problem is this. But what was the solution to that? I firmly believe that mental health is something that's plaguing our world right now and there's a big light being shined on it but there are so many resources to help us with that if the if the movie's point was to parallel that then there has to be some type of solution or resolution to here's how you deal with these mental health issues i didn't see that um someone said i figured there wasn't a solution because there isn't a cure for mental illness i disagree there's a lot of interesting there's a lot of interesting uh, theories here. Um, there was another one that I wanted to find. But people went all the way in. Oh, here it was. Um, Chuck said, the problem was not survival. The problem was the lack of hope and no connection with others. I thought that was really interesting. Because a lot, about, a lot of life is being connected to other people. And a lot of life is about having hope. And once you lose all hope, uh, a proverb says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Once you lose all hope, that is basis for a lot of people to for something to die, whether it's for a relationship to die, whether it's for a job to die, a union to die. When you start to l lose hope in whatever effort you're making, you you tend to stop those efforts. And so I could see that the problem wasn't necessarily what they saw, but the fact that what they saw made them lose all hope in themselves. And so they had to take themselves out. So Chuck is off to a good start here. I like it. Uh, the problem was the lack of hope and connection with others. In finding the school for the blind, they were able to find a future with others. The blind are immune to the creatures and can be trusted unlike those affected but not suicidal. The blind could go outside because they have adapted to a world without sight. 
The kids were given name when Sandra Bullock's character saw that they could be more than just survivors. This is this is adding up so far, Chuck. They move up Maslow's hierarchy of the needs to the belonging level. It's uh, also poetic that the movie was titled Bird Box, and Emily Dickerson described hope as a thing with feathers that purchase the soul, purchase in the soul, in a way that the survivors were the bird box and hope was the bird. I thought that that was very, very interesting. I don't. I don't know if I could dispute that at all. That's a theory that I would be willing to roll with and makes me feel a lot better about this movie. But still, my overall frustration was there was no real resolution to the problems that were presented, in my opinion. I would love to hear your feedback. One thing that we did get out of this movie were some incredible moments on social media, much like this one. This clip from... Jonathan McReynolds. Now, Jonathan McReynolds is a very great gospel singer. He's one that I follow. I love to hear his music. And the dude can sing. To me, he could sing a song about anything. And he proved it with this one. Lord, protect my bird box. Please just keep my bird box. <laughs> Let it go tweet. <laughs> Why did he sing tweet like that? Why did he sing tweet like that? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Keep my bird box. Anytime somebody sings, see, that's how, if I could really sing, like if I could sing like a Jonathan McReynolds. I would do videos like that all the time. That's the only way I would talk to people. You wouldn't be able to have a conversation with me without me randomly just singing something that has no bit, like nobody should ever sweet sing tweet like that. They should, because it sounds amazing, but that's not something that <laughs> you encounter on an everyday basis. Another person that I love to follow is Kev on stage, and he mimicked what he feels like every preacher in the world is going to be doing this Sunday in the pulpit with the popular release of Bird Box. Even when they had got past a difficult part in their life, amen. I hear you all let go, so I'm finna close, I'm finna close. <laughs> Even when they got past a difficult part in their life, amen, and they were walking towards their destiny, the enemy spoke to them, oh my God, in a familiar voice. Watch this, oh my God. See, the enemy, when he really wants to get you to lift that blindfold up like he did, <laughs> girl, he, he spoke to her, not in girl's voice, but in her mother's voice. Oh, what's funny this. about this and when is he this is really what's going to be happening on Sunday. He didn't speak to her <laughs> I guarantee, in other voice than her I guarantee you see some Amen. videos from pastors over the weekend that are using this as a way to preach the gospel. I guarantee it. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to remind you of your past. And he's going to speak to you in a familiar voice. Low-key, Kev killed this message. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> telling you your destiny is not there. Turn and go this way. Turn and go that way. But you've got to trust the Holy Ghost. That is the bird. And you've got to trust the voice of the Lord. That's the only voice that you want to hear. <laughs> Ain't no Gary's. Ain't no snickering and no dickering and no tweedly dweedly dweedly. You've got to trust the Holy Ghost. Tweedly, deedly, de yo, Kev killed that. That's hilarious. Give, give Kev a round of applause. 
So that's kind of my thinking, right? Like, I went through this whole bird box theory rabbit hole, and I came out with nothing. I came out with absolutely nothing other than some great internet excitement. And then I gave up on it. I said, you know what? Forget it. The movie just wasn't for me. There are still people commented on my post now saying that, you know, you missed this part and you didn't see the big picture and yada, 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 whatever. I, I completely gave up hope. And then something magical happened. I got on Instagram, start looking around, and I saw a video. It was a live video of a magician. And this magician had a bird in a cage. And I said, oh, that's interesting. It's like Bird Box 2.0, the magic version. And he's in a room full of children. Looks like he's at a school or some type of community center. And he starts to ask the kids, do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it? And they say, yeah. And I would play the audio for you, but you just, you just can't get the essence of what happens. But in this clip, he puts the bird in the cage. He lights a match, and there's a string hanging from the bottom of the cage about six inches under the cage. And he lights the string on fire. And the kids are yelling, no, don't do it, don't do it. And the fire rushes up, and it goes into the cage. And just before it burns the bird, he flips the cage around, opens it up, and there it is, a box of Popeye's chicken. <laughs> It's a box of Popeye's chicken. He pulls out a piece of chicken, and he eats it, and that's when I figured it out. That's the only bird box I'm interested in. If it ain't Popeye's or KFC or Bojangles, I don't want to hear about it. That's the only bird box we're going to talk about. That's the, that's the podcast for today. Love you guys. That is my words. I want to hear your words. Hit me up on Twitter at Tony R. Sanders. On Instagram at Tony R. Sanders. You can also hit me up on Facebook and download the Anchor app if you want to hear your voice on the next episode. Until then, have a happy new year and I will see you guys in 2019. Peace.